Hello and welcome to a very, very special episode of the So Rare Ramble. Uh, this week, well, this second episode this week, we are joined by Nico, Nico Nicholas Julia, who's the founder of So Rare. And we are also joined by Guy, who is head of product for the football side. Um, I'm pretty sure they'll be joining us in about 10, 15 minutes. But before then, I thought Chris and I would sort of do our takes on the the day after the announcement, the day after the roadmap. How are you, Chris? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks, David. Um, yeah, some interesting uh, developments. Obviously, very interesting in uh, in the so rare space. The last twenty four hours. Um, it's. Um, I think everybody's taking some time to adjust, adapt, and absorb um, the info that we've had across, um, and it'll take some time to kind of process fully what it all means um it's going to be interesting to have the guys on shortly to um you know run through some questions and get some some clarity on stuff it was a very very in-depth um announcement i think the, the you know the biggest announcement we've seen to date um and it'll be good to chew the fat and and you know unpack a lot of stuff won't it yeah i think so yeah i think you know i i've said this a few times to people today that my brain feels like, you know, I've just done finals at university or something like that. And just, you know, just literally that sort of like, you know, release of information. And there was so much information yesterday, you know, reading the blogs, there was so many people that didn't realize there was a second blog, the transition one, you know, and a a lot of it was, you know, quite dense information and not necessarily tough to take on board. I think after you read it a couple of times, I think even sort of, you know, most illiterate people would never necessarily have a problem understanding it, but it is a lot of information to take in. And it is, I think the biggest, it's certainly I've been on the platform three years now, and I think it's the biggest changes that I'll have seen, you know, in terms of structure and everything. But um, what about you? No, yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, I, I think we, you know, we all spend time chatting to other users as well. You know, we're in various discord groups and WhatsApp groups and stuff like that. And, it's been quite um, interesting seeing the reaction from different parts of the community and whether, you know, how it's affected and impacted, um, you know, different types of size of galleries and, and different types of users. Um, I think that, like I said previously, uh, sorry, a minute ago, I think everyone's going to have to take some uh, time to adjust. I think it, you know, I don't think there's anybody who's not going to be impacted in some shape or form by by the changes, large or small gallery size. Um, I think there's some stuff that, you know, was quite surprising in there, um, you know, that we didn't anticipate um, and probably a few things that we expected as well. Um, you know, and like any announcement, I think there's there's positives and negatives and, and you know, you need to try and have a balanced view of things. Um, it's very easy to look at your own gallery when you see these announcements and, you um, focus on on i suppose how it impacts you on a personal level um but you know it's good to take a step back and and try and see the bigger picture of what 
so rare trying to achieve by the changes to the game and um you know and 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 the kind of um restructuring of the the format and and how things are going to go going forward exactly yeah and i think that um I don't know whether people will have read it yet. It only came out a couple of hours ago, but M Penn, Mike, did a, an excellent piece, as he always does, sort of breaking down, giving his take on a lot of the, the changes and sort of giving a, giving a little bit of a, a sort of a take about why they had to be implemented to, in, implemented to a degree. And I, th- I, I urge everybody to go and have a read of that because it's an excellent piece, as always, by Mike. And, you know, he does a lot for the community in terms of this sort of stuff and really deserves that sort of support. Whether you agree or disagree with what he says, that's, you know, an entirely different point. Have you had a chance to yeah, read it? I'll, I'll second that. Yeah, I had a read of it over my lunch earlier. And, um, you know, I think my I think my initial reactions weren't that positive, in all honesty. Um, you know, I've shared that with you and, and a few other people. And um, there's things that do impact me personally um, a little bit. Although, again... I probably got quite a, a much more balanced gallery than I have in the past. I think, you know, if I went back a year ago, it would have impacted me maybe even more. Um, when I was just kind of Argentina and MLS split, um, you know, I have probably realised that there is more of a focus on Champ Europe now. I've started to, to you know, build into that in, in a little bit and um, in a small way. And, and, and that might be um, something I do more so now. But yeah, I just think it's it, it's something now we, where we have to kind of take a step back and, and look at things, try and look at the bigger picture, look at what the business model is and, you know, not not see things from our own perspective. I think we all want so rare to be here in, you know, two years, five years, 10 years time. And, you know, the reality of it is, is that the the previous model and and you know the model probably from a couple of years ago could not scale and would not be sustainable to to continue down that road. And and you know as long term users, that's quite a hard pill to swallow, uh, in some ways. But I think that is the reality of it. And and you know um, I think when we ask the questions to the guys shortly, that will uh, you know that will come out again, and um, that will prove to be the case. Yeah, no, I completely agree. You know, and I think uh, people have tunnel vision for their galleries, don't they? Yeah. So, you know, it's difficult once sort of changes come through. And it's normal that people just look immediately at sort of the, you know, the information in front of them, think, how does that affect me? Oh, it's bad for me. Oh, take to Twitter, you know, and let rip at everybody. But And it is difficult. One question I've got for you is that I think the first episode we did this year, after that tweet, Stars Will Be Stars, we speculated, yeah. you said... At the time, not necessarily exactly what's come out, but you, you know, speculated that, you know, champ Euro players and big name players would be the ones. You even said at the time, I think I probably should sell a few cards now and go and buy a few of those. Yeah. Why didn't you? I bought a few. <laughs> <laughs> I, bought, I bought quite a few um, in the last few days when I, you know, after we had our last pod uh, the other day and we, we kind of discussed it again and, it is something I'd thought for a while. It's something I thought as soon as um, as Nicola tweeted that uh, in January and you know said it straight away in our group, and actually, I actually um, texted you guys and said, "So we all buying Champ Europe players now?" And you said, "Why?" You know, you couldn't get it to start with, and I had to go through it and say, "Well, that you know that yeah. that they are the stars." You know, you you kind of all your big stars in world football playing in the top five leagues, and especially the Premier League. And you know, the the other part of this is that. From a business point of view, so rare have got to capitalise on those IPs that they've got. They've got to use those partnerships. They've got to 
Um, you know, it, it took us a long time to get the Premier League onto the platform and everybody was desperate for years for us to get it. You know, the old when Prem tweets used to go around constantly. And um, we've got it. So let's make the most of it now. Let's, you know, let's maximise the fact that the Premier League is here because I don't think it has been maximised properly in the last year. No. Um, and I think maybe now with this new model, it gives it gives the game the um, the capability to do that. Exactly, yeah. And I think that, <clears throat> I think don't think users, especially ones from other leagues and other regions, quite, import, uh, quite understand how important some of these licences are. Let's go down a route where they kept the game as it was, uh, Premier League wasn't happy with the revenue being generated from these and decided to like take it across to DraftKings. Now, that's, you know, a, a massive headache for so rare then. You know, getting a license, keeping that license is one thing. Losing that license and then trying to get it back is another thing completely. And that would be a massive loss. And I think, you know, what they're doing, or I think what they're doing, we'll ask them in a minute, you know, is trying to make sure, as you just said, trying to make sure that they keep these licenses, they keep the biggest licenses happy. And I, I just think that's crucial for the, the platform going forward. But, uh, and you're right, yeah, you did have to explain it to me because I, you know, had, again, tunnel vision on my own gallery, you know, even affects me, guys. You know, the, I sort of looked at it and thought, no, there's no way this guy's not going to be a star. And yeah, some of them, some of my guys will be stars. They just won't be stars in the like the top divisions. But I can I think, still win cash with them. I can still win cards with them. So yeah, I think that I think that goes back again to go look. You know the the biggest issue that we've had over recent times is that you know the top every player is tumbled in value. I suppose I, I suppose to an extent, but you know the top players, the the most valuable players on the platform have really tumbled in price and in value and we do need them to have more value there we need to drive more value into them and and probably more liquidity into them and you know the changes they've made over the last 24 hours have overnight made the top players in the game infinitely more valuable than what they were you know a week ago um yeah i I was trying to buy allison like I tried to buy him for about a week and a half and I kept just missing out on auctions because, you know, they were either in the night or I just didn't quite have enough money in my account. And eventually one came up and I just thought, sod it, I'm going to put like a 600 quid bid on it. And if I don't get it, I don't get it. And I'll just move on and think of another strategy. And luckily I got that one and I haven't checked to see what it finished on, but there's one on, there was one on auction today that finished a couple of hours ago, I think now an hour ago. Well, maybe maybe it's still live, but anyway, that one was already two hundred quid higher than I paid three or four days ago. So I got really lucky there. Um, I couldn't really afford to buy too many sort of the big names. Um, I just bought ones that sort of fit with my gallery, and the Liverpool cards were the ones that I wanted. Um, I would have loved to have get a tr- got a Trent or got a Virgil really in there. I think they're the only ones that I'm missing, and I'm probably going to have to pay a little bit more for now than I would have liked. But um, yeah. What are your views on buying them now? Then are you, are you going to continue to buy um, the current new season cards, or are you going to stop now and and flip to buying older cards, or are you going to just keep your powder dry and and you know wait until MLS new season cards come around and and you know the big um, the top five European new season cards come around in the autumn? Really good question, Chris. And 
short answer is I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) The the longer answer is that it will probably be a mix of both. And I think that, you know, just before we started recording, I said that I haven't had a chance really over the last 24 hours to have a detailed look at my gallery, where gaps are for each region. And I think I need to do that. And that's going to be a long process because I do have a relatively big gallery. Uh, not necessarily of star cards, just a big gallery of sort of a lot of fluff, which, uh, you know, guys that were useful for capped one day and um, I just forgot to sell them. Um, so, you know, I will have a bit of a clear out, um, you know, I'll probably take a loss on some of those and, you know, that's life. My plan at the moment is to buy an MLS stack when they launch. Um, don't know which one yet. I've got my ideas. Um, it won't be Columbus, although that would be the one, it would be the popular one, obviously. Um, is, is your plan then going forward to go straight into the new the um, in-season card market as soon as they're released and be playing those cash tournaments from the word go in as many competitions as you can at different scarcities? Yes, but I'm also you know I'm also not going to pay over the odds for early mints. So, yeah. but you know. W- you know, I know we've got a list of questions that uh, we'll be asking them, and one of them will be about sort of delivery of new season cards, because if they do it on the, like the schedule they have at the moment, where cards, you know, come out sort of a month after the season starts, and they come out in dribs and drabs, that's going to make those first cards ridiculously expensive. I suspect, although hopefully we'll find out in a little while, um, that they've got a you know a new strategy for delivery of new season cards. But yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But I certainly like if they were going to do it on the route they had before, even if they were going to do it like day one and they were only going to mint, say, three rares a week or something for the first few weeks, I probably still would wait a month. Yeah. Uh, maybe try and win some of the new season cards via the uh, the classic tournaments. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting as, as a strategy of how people play that. I mean, you know, one way is, is like you say, you go into the classic tournaments, you've got three entries up to three entries per week in each one obviously so if you've got a decent gallery and you've got good options within that uh that specific tournament you can probably find yourself winning rewards quite quickly so like you say you know within a month you might be able to win five six cards there and then you're ready to go you know potentially ready to go chuck one old season card in and you've got your five and then you've got your first cash team so yeah, going to be interesting to see different strategies that people employ around that, whether they go straight in, balls deep, and um, you know, just go at it and, and chuck a load of cash in it, leave some in the in the pot ready to go for the start of the season to bid on those auctions, or or whether it's a case of playing the classic modes, either selling those cards while they're really high, or um, you know, or building some teams out and entering those cash tournaments. I think what's great now is is you know when we had the the Premier League winter tournaments, there was that conundrum that I had of going, okay, I know this is a bubble. The prices go went really really high, and then they crashed pretty hard at the end of it because we knew there was a finishing point. The good thing now is that yes, there's a finishing point with the um, the in game tournaments, but they are season long. So they've got, you know, if you get in right at the word go in August for the, the new European season, you've got a long time to to yield that cash back and, and you know, win plenty of rewards with it. So um, that's the trade off, isn't it? That's the trade off yeah. between sort of like, you know, do you pay the, you know, expected expectant high prices 
for the, the, the like the early auctions, like the one offs or two offs or whatever, or and then use those cards to win ETH, in which there's going to be, you know, let's face it, the tournaments, even if they release loads early on, they're still going to be a lot smaller in terms of number of users entering these cash tournaments at the start. So, you know, slightly weaker teams could still do pretty well. So, you know, yeah, I mean, rare, I mean that, rare enough, rare enough, I think you're going to get hardly any entries in that first month of a, of a new season. Yeah. The number of entrants will be so low and, you know, the payout percentages will be very, very high. So, yes, you'll be paying a premium for those cards, but you'll be competing against a very small pool of, of other managers. So, um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, to see how that plays out, I think. Okay, now to move across then, and we are now joined by Nico, Nicolas Julia and Guy. I'm absolutely delighted to have you on the podcast. Uh, and, you know, a big thanks, I know, for Ryan, who unfortunately has got a sponsored stream today and couldn't be on. But, you know, we're all super pumped to have you guys on. So, hello and welcome to the Solo Ramble. Hi. No, we are very excited to be here. Uh, and a uh, you know, big thanks for everything you are doing for the community, the content you produce, the energy you bring, uh, and uh, and sometimes the good results you have as well. Even if you you, you lost your your leadership on rivals, but like you, okay. you've been there for some time, we appreciate it. I will uh, get it back. Don't worry. <laughs> One day. <laughs> and so uh, no, let's no, dive no. in then. I know you guys don't, you don't have all afternoon to talk, so let's dive in straight into the the questions then. So there, there was a couple of sort of you know, basic questions that I wanted to ask straight off the bat. One that I've always had in my mind is, where did you come up with the idea for So Rare? I noticed, I had a look on your LinkedIn profile, Nicola, and I noticed that you've worked for various companies in the background, but you had, did have blockchain experience before moving and starting So Rare. So where did the idea come from? No, it, it comes, so, so part of the story is on my resume, as you've seen, because it's uh, coming from like uh, seeing a new technology and the potential of it. And part of it is in my health because it's my passion for sports, right? And so that's not on my resume, but like uh, when when I saw... Um, when I when I saw like this uh, this new technology with blockchain, basically the ability to authenticate and secure something and, and then to collect and to create digital scarcity, I was like, okay, like this is... This is mind blowing, like everything of value on the internet at some point uh, will be backed by that technology, right? And so, and then I was like, okay, like, so if we believe in this and I believe in this, um, what can I do? Like, what are the use cases, right? And so, um, as I said, I've been a massive uh, sports fan uh, for a very long time uh, and collecting stuff in the physical world. And I was like, okay, like there's, Clearly, like there's going to be a market for collect collecting digital stuff that's going to be 10 times bigger than physical. Because when you look like very like factually at the features of collecting on the web, it's much better on it. You can authenticate on the go. You can trade much more easily. Uh, you have usage value that is possible for gaming and, and, and so on. You have the traceability so you can pay royalties to partners on the secondary market. And so like, there are many, many things that are just not possible, right, uh, physically. So I was like, okay, collecting on the web, uh, co collecting digital stuff is going to be massive. But then if you can add something on top, which is a, a cool game, um, 
then you, you you have the potential to like build uh you know like the biggest platform in the world of sports uh, and so that's like really at this intersection that uh, I got started, like uh, leveraging a new technology, uh, uh, um, sitting at the intersection of two, two things that have been existing for a long time, collecting, playing fantasy sports, with that unique twist that you own uh, the card, you can resell it freely, unlike like many video games or mobile games, you can resell it freely. Uh, and you can use it across the seasons and, and so on, right? So that's uh, that's um, kind of uh, the short answer to... Brilliant. Uh, yeah, it sounds like we could have probably have a whole episode on that, but we better move on. Um, what teams do both of you support? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a huge Arsenal fan. So I've been, you know, struggling in the last 20 years to celebrate some moments. But yeah, since, uh, since the beginning, and big honor. Is that from Is that from the Arsene Wenger days, Guy? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's that is, yeah. Uh, that <laughs> Pires, that team. That's it. Yeah, those those were my favorite players. I know I'm butchering the pronunciation of those uh, French names. Sorry, by the way, guys. <laughs> what about you, Nico? Uh, on my side, I'm supporting a, a club that has been also struggling to win meaningful titles recently. So Olympic Marseille in the south uh, of. Okay. Yeah, I have uh, a few of their cards. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I have a few of their cards. Yeah, yeah, and no, it's a uh, couple of interesting players down, but uh, but no, no big titles recently. Yeah. No. Okay, let, let's lead on to sort of the main section then. So to start off with, everything sort of kicked off. I think it was, you know, between Christmas and New Year, there was a tweet from you, Nicola, who said stars will be stars. That everybody ran with that within the community. Firstly, do you like a cryptic tweet? <laughs> do I like cryptic tweets is, is your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like it from time to time. You don't, you, you cannot do too much because otherwise, like you, you know, like uh, it's it becomes frustrating, right? So from from time to time, even if internally, like Dan is not liking it, like uh, when <laughs> the only one would give me a slap when I I, I I try to tease stuff that way. Um, but no, no, like from time to time, like like generally speaking, I think that um. I love interacting with the community. Like, like there's not a single day where I'm I, I'm not exchanging a DM with a user that I know or don't know uh, to understand the feedback, to understand the concerns. You know, like uh, even even today, uh, I'm 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 doing so. Uh, so I like that medium of uh, communication. Um, we are dealing with you know, it's a very engaged community, and sometimes we are making moves that we know like. Uh, Cannot please uh, everyone, so that's the tough part, kind of, uh, uh, you know, like uh, of it. Uh, but um, but yeah, love love to love to engage in general, and I think I mean that's one of the company values, like to to be very very close uh, and build with the community. So trying to uh, like put my part on that uh, on that job, if that makes sense. Perfect. Yeah. So to the roadmap, then obviously you know it's been teased over the sort of the last few weeks. I think I personally was expecting a big update, not necessarily quite as big as this, but I was expecting a big update. How did you expect the community to react to this update? As I said, like uh, I think the 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 first thing was really to think about like how do we craft a new gameplay that can become stable, uh, you know, in the long run. Uh, that can excite, of course, the, the the existing community, but then way beyond. Um, and that uh, that can be like more simple and more rewarding, 
right? Like, and to make people dream. When I said like stand playing, be stand playing, like it's it's also like a way to say like you want you want to dream, right? Like you play this game to dream about big things in general, right? And uh, and so that's that was part of what we tried to um, to craft with that uh, new gameplay. Um, and then I don't want to hide the fact that, of course, we are a company and so you want to build a model that works uh, for the very long run. But at the end of the day, like if you don't build something uh, that's going to cut on to a lot uh, of users, it's not even worth talking about the business model or the sustainability or everything. So it's always start with the community. It's always start with the fans. Uh, and so that, that has been the North Star. Um, and so then to answer your question more directly, of course, like when you're doing such a drastic change, um, you know, you know, like uh, it, it is going to be um, hard uh, for some, uh, you know, some of the community members. Um, and that's, um, you know, that's that stuff. Uh, we put also a lot of thought uh, to think about the transition phase and communicate it uh, yesterday. Uh, and try to honor like uh, you know the, the existing community like as best as uh, as uh, as we could basically right so so um, hope that answers your question David yes no it does yeah just uh, just to follow on that Nico um, I know you've said there about you know um, sort of rewarding players with the the best rewards that you can in, under the new structure and um, you know winning the stars I think one of the the main um, you know, um, complaints from users and gripes, maybe from longer term users, is that there is no arena now. There's no division whereby um, you know you can pit different players from around the world uh, and from lesser leagues to win those most valuable and and top top cards and top players. You know, and that's a bit of frustration that that I've seen over the last twenty four hours, kind of bleeding out a little bit. Um, you know, perhaps you've got a, a Celtic stack or you've got a, you know, a, a River Plate stack and, um, you know, you now have to play them within the confines of a, a, of a new um, competition against other leagues that have been grouped there. Is there going to be any opportunity within the game still for you to, um, you know, have players from those types of leagues and still win your Champ Europe cards and, and you know, the most valuable cards in the game. Yeah, I can take this one. So I think we we, we a bit under communicated the special weekly part of what we want to do. It's going to be massive. And the reason for this is, so when we talk about the seven core competitions, those competitions only open when the leagues are actually playing, right? But that's like half of what happens in the world of football. There is so many other events. There is Cups, Champions League. There is Libertadores. There is the Euros. There's a, a, a lot of things happen, uh, happening, right? And so with special weeklies, we're going to bring a lot of a lot more new competitions. Uh, they're going to be dynamic. And so those competitions are going to look uh, of the form of glo- like global, that can be global, all-stars, uh, all they can be capped. Uh, they can have any of the rules uh, that we already introduced. And so... That's why, like, well, when we communicate about the seven core competition, those are simple, uncapped, simple to understand. And then all the stuff that come beyond, which are things like, hey, you can play with any player in the world. These are going to be special events for special weeklies. Uh, so you can imagine how many gaps in the football calendar there is to have these kind of special weeklies. So there will be opportunities 
to play with, say, an Asian player and to win a European player. When, say, one example is there is an international break and they're all playing for their countries. That's one potential way where, you know, you can play those players and win stars. I guess... So... I, think, I think, yeah, generally speaking, we're going to go much bolder uh, on what gaming companies call live operations, right? Which is creating special content and special contests and all that. And not, not only go way bolder because we plan for that and we put like rewards, uh, you know, like on the side for that. But also communicate in advance, right? Like so that you know, like uh, the community can plan ahead uh, about kind of this this, this special events uh, and feature them also better um, in uh, in the in the platform. Right? So you anticipate there'll be a calendar then for like you know maybe a month ahead or something like that, giving people a steer. Oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah what that about sounds really good. That's great. In terms of like the UI, can we expect any big changes to that? Obviously, it's had a big update over the last few months. Um, I noticed a few minutes ago that obviously maybe something's going on behind the back of the scene, back scenes at the moment, trying to enter teams. But uh, it, do you anticipate any big changes to sort of try and manage this new sort of ecosystem of tournaments? Yeah. No, no. Look, it's um, it's it's a new it's a new game, right? Like so, like there's going to be like a massive revamp, not only. Uh, not only on the on the gameplay, but uh, also on the marketplace, because you want um, you want to have a marketplace that is always aligned with the gameplay, right? So, uh, so that yeah, a lot of change that are coming uh, with the goal to make it very intuitive uh, and so on the surface to be able to navigate, and then like uh, when you dive uh, to have all the information that uh, you need. Uh, also uh, so intuitive and delightful so um, have like more moments of kind of joy in the experience also um, so yeah I'll let you explain yeah, we, but definitely it's like we, we all agree internally that the, the lobby has become a bit of a place where you're just seeing a list of competitions right and there's a ton of them like it's overwhelming there's no structure there is you know the new users don't know where to start Right. And so there is a big revamp that we're excited about that uh, is in the works on a nicer lobby that is much easier to digest, where we can promote those you know, special events better, where the core competition are, are neat and tidy. Uh, so expect some changes there. How were the, the leagues separated into the different regions? I guess this is one that, you know, has caused a little bit of disdain among Scottish fans, um, you know, but... And Argentinian yeah. as well. And Argentinian. <laughs> and so really here we're staying objective and, and data driven. So what the way we, we did it is we looked at top clubs uh, and their rankings by using uh, Opta as an external data source. And so by using these top club coefficients, we got the league coefficient, right? Uh, and having the league co uh, all the league coefficients, we ranked them and then we decided to place them into three tier competition, right? And the reason also, uh, so we, we had the first five, right, uh, for champion, and then we picked eight for challenger and then 15 uh, in the right order. And one thing also, I mean, that I heard and I want to address as well is uh, some people feel like the contender has all the rest. There's like 15, 15 leagues. But if we actually look at it, uh, there's a lot of leagues or clubs that we don't have as license. So when you look at it from a card minted level, we wanted to ensure there wasn't a big difference between, you know, champion, challenger, and contender, and especially between challenger and contender. And it's uh, much closer than people think. So we wanted to ensure that the number of cards and the competition is, you know, healthy. In the uh, so that's perfect. 
Gee, was there any um, consideration around the scheduling of seasons at all when um, you were making a decision about which league uh, would, be, would be placed where? Yeah, no. Th so the on this one, so it was so indeed. Like, uh, and if I understand correctly, it's around in in the regions. Like, it, yeah. The region. I mean, what I'm, what what I'm sort of um, specifying more than anything is is splitting the America region up. Um, I think yeah. that. You know, I, I'm somebody who's always played quite a lot of Americas. Um, you know, I'm in discords with guys who have mixed galleries of, of just America region players at the moment. So Argentina, Brazil, MLS, and then some of the lesser, uh, you know, the smaller South American leagues and Mexico as well. And I think there's a real conundrum now of, of you know, people having mixed galleries there and sort of not knowing what to do. And I think having, um, you know, the Argentine league separate from Brazil and MLS, probably especially, is is quite a headache for a lot of those types yeah. of managers. And it's just, yeah, we, you know, managers with those galleries are looking at it and going, has there been any consideration made here around around the seasonality? I get, I get the Opta side of it. I totally yeah. get that. I think that's where... You know, I understood stood that quite quickly, but it was more around the right. seasonality and, and, and aligning and whatnot. Yeah, so the, there's two, two things indeed. One is, um, as you said previously, like with special weeklies, when there's competitions in real life where those clubs are playing against each other, indeed, those will be found in the same competition, right? Uh, okay. So on that, on that part, there will be a competition where you will be able to enter, say, Argentinian, Brazilian uh, players, right? And second so is the clarification, Guy. Sorry, because this is probably quite an important one for South American managers. Copa Libertadores, Copa Sudamericana that take place in the summer, and and you know are predominantly a lot of the big Brazilian and Argentine teams, um, and you know mainly midweek, if not all midweek. Will they will they be covered still in some way in in a competition? Yeah, like as long as we are like uh, so. One thing I want to say is as long as we're covering a league, right? And if there is no core of one of the seven core competition open, we will ensure and make our best to always have a competition where you can play uh, players that are playing in real life, right? So there will be some place to play them. And for those type of events, indeed, we will uh, we are working um, in order to have special events, special weeklies for them. And again, we can mix it up. They can be capped sometimes. They can be uncapped. Where there's still a lot of exploration here that we're thinking about, but we communicate uh, much more on this in the coming, you know, in the coming weeks or so. Yeah, that's that's good news. I think that's quite a relief, probably, for uh, a lot of those managers who uh, who are a little bit worried about that at the moment. So that's very good news. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Next next question is one that you know, I think a lot of uh, a lot of people had seen the the writing on the wall, and that is around the capped beat the game threshold tournaments. I think a lot of people sort of anticipated these would go eventually. Do you think a week's notice was long enough? I know it's not going entirely, but it is fairly fundamental changes quite quickly. Yeah, definitely. So the the thing that we we communicate we have seventy five percent. We said seventy five percent of our ETH payout were going through this one competition. Right? It was getting you know it was starting to become very unhealthy. Uh, and second of all is. We're now removing that amount, as we say. We are reallocating them uh, to other competition, and you know, and with the transition period, like you will for six months, you will still be able to play those cards with the same caps, you know, for the next six months. 
So, of course, if possible, we would have given more notice for the new threshold format. But unfortunately, like this wasn't possible. Uh, so, you know, this, this change will really help uh, with the continuation of the PL, uh, the Premier League uh, competition that we're opening, and then the uh, subsequent competitions that are coming live during the transition period. Perfect. Just um, just touching on the special weeklies again, Guy. Um, how many are we looking at having each game week? Is it just going to be one each game week, or is there potential to have two each? You know, two or multiple different specials running each game week? Yeah, we definitely. It is very possible that there is uh, more than one. So it depends on what's happening in the football calendar. So for sure, this is uh, open. Of course, also talking about scarcities. Uh, it is also very possible that the special wikis would be open with the four scarcity variants. Um, so, yeah. With and will the, the special weeklies, um, will they comprise the same format as the you know the rest of the game where you have the in-season cards and the classic, or will it be a mixture? It could. It will be a mixture, again, depending on, you know, uh, depending on the special wiki, depending on what's happening in the football okay. cup. Where do you like anticipate? Like we've got this summer. We've got obviously got the Summer Olympics. Um, we've got uh, Copa America, the Euros, and they're going to be running at a similar time. There's going to be other leagues that are still live at the same time, so it's going to have a bit of a conundrum. So I'm assuming there'll be special weeklies for some of these things. But would it also be possible then to play your international cards in their respective divisions for the normal yeah. competition? Yeah, I, uh, the the way it's going to work is. We, it will the competitions that are open. Um, what the a player can play in a specific competition, depending on of, on what's happening uh, in real life. So let, let me give one example. It's actually simpler. So if a player is playing in Euros, they would only be eligible to play in this in the special weekly that allows players playing in Euros. Uh, if their league is actually playing and the contender competition is open this player will not be eligible to play there. Perfect, yeah. I mean, that's similar to the mechanism at the moment. Correct, exactly. So that's... Yeah, it. makes sense. Makes sense. I think so, just moving away from the special weekly, we've kind of exhausted all our questions on that now. And thank you for the answers on that. It's given us a lot of info there that we didn't have, I don't think, up till now. So that's really useful, guys. Thank you. Just a, a, a big question that we've got, I suppose, is, is about... Um, you know, um, the, the in-season um, tournaments and, and their start dates, there's um, there's a lot of speculation at the moment about how that will work in terms of minting new season cards, when the auctions will be, etc. Um, obviously, the, you know, the Premier League is um, will start in August and, um, you know, the other European leagues all, all follow around similar dates in August and September. What is the plan that you have in place around... Um, mint rate and how you're going to auction or, or maybe not auction, maybe instant sell um, new season cards to have enough supply for those competitions to start as quickly as possible. Yeah, I think I think with the new model, as uh, I think uh, your question suggests, you need to adjust uh, this. And so you need to be ready uh, much earlier. And so we will. Uh, so it's lots of work going on with the with the partners and so on to make sure that, yes, you can launch way earlier uh, in the season um, and uh, and adjust uh, to a model where the seasonality would be probably a bit more marked, uh, I would say. But I don't know if you want to add anything on that game. 
Yeah, maybe on the instant buy part. So we are looking at expanding it for sure, uh, but we want to iterate on it uh, and get it right, right? So we started with limited and we are actively exploring, you know, instant buy for rares, even potentially super rares. So, you know, we're looking at what's the best way to roll this out. Uh, mm. And that would definitely help for, for the in-season at mm. the beginning of the season. And will the in-season tournaments actually go straight from the start of the season then? So literally from day one? Yeah, the goal is if there are the the in-season cars to be available before that, and so it would go uh, day one. That is the goal. And I guess, like you know, from an NFT background, then you know they have reveals on cards. So if you don't have player images, you in theory could have a hidden player image which reveals a week down the line. I'm pretty sure these are things that you've you know mm -hmm. you've got in mind. But yeah, there are ways around it and ways that could also make it quite interesting as well. But Exactly. I think you need to turn a constraint uh, into something cool uh, for the community. Right? Yeah. So that's exactly what we are trying to do. And also, want to add something like, regard regardless of the in-season competition, usually, I mean, fantasy like fantasy games um, before a season starts. This is the moment where there is a huge user growth opportunity, uh, and it's something that anyway we should we should do where to get the cards ready when there is the hype there, like right right that wave. Um, so that that's also something uh, that's why we're strongly considering all these options to get this right. Yeah, I think we are generally speaking like not leveraging enough like all the hype uh, preseason across the sports. It's not and it's related to to all sports, and um, and this is something that we want to fix uh, generally. Perfect. I know Nico that you have another meeting in about five minutes. So before, but I think Guy, you can stand a little longer, can't you? Yeah. Sorry, Guy Guy. Sorry, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it didn't need to be a friend. <laughs> so I just wanted to ask a couple of questions more directed at Nico, and then we'll come back to you, Guy, when... Perfect. Uh, Perfect. when I uh, can five more minutes uh, so that uh, I have the, the time to answer you. Perfect. I guess one question, the launch of Rivals. How do you, how do you feel it's gone? And are you happy with, with where the product is now? Yeah, look, so it's a, it's a new game mode, right? Like, so almost uh, like a, a product within the product. Uh, so you need, uh, you need to uh, let it like in three time, like to drive and iterate and, and so on. I cannot expect like to, uh, you know, like to, to change everything in a matter of weeks, right? Like we have an internal timeline for when we want it to be ready uh, to, to to push it massively, right? We haven't done any campaign. We have done a couple of tests so that we get the necessary user base to test the product and have enough data to uh, build hypotheses, right? Around what's work and what's not working, but we, ha we, are, we have not uh, started uh, marketing. So we are working on a massive campaign that I, I, I teased a little bit uh, yes, uh, yesterday uh, during the announcement. So that's gonna come later on this year. Uh, I think we are very positively uh, not surprised, but like the retention in general is very high. Uh, the engagement uh, is very high, both for like existing users and net new users that uh, are enjoying Solar uh, uh, through that uh, product for the first time. Um, so I think that's uh, that's uh, that's very encouraging. Um, we are working on different ways to make the product more fun, more social, uh, and um, encourage users to invite friends and to play with friends. So you can expect more around that line. 
uh, and of course, like to be a bridge uh, to pro, which is the third big thing. Uh, and so, and so, but you you cannot go after the three goals at the same time. First, you need to build a game mode that is fun and retaining users. Uh, then a game mode that is social uh, and where you have a, a real incentive to bring your friends to the platform. And then you can really like nail on the bridge. But if like nailing the bridge to pro and like being limited and so on, if the game is not at the level it needs in terms of fun and barrier reality makes no sense right so um because that's kind of some of the feedback i've read about it like like the lack of the bridge and so on but that's coming like we have lots uh on that front um so 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 yeah i think it's uh it's a very strong uh start like uh and of course like there's much more much more to, to come uh for perfect that. yeah and i'm imagining then things like the euros and you know the the fbl leaning into that for the the premier league launch really sort of you know, give you good opportunities then to sort of do, you know, bigger pushes, creating private leagues and all kinds of stuff. There's so much you can do with it. Totally, totally. Yeah, no, exactly. It's a kind of a light version of uh, uh, of the product that, you know, like um, users, uh, fans must un like should understand in a matter of seconds, right? Um, and uh, but with the same DNA as we have in Sorare, like uh, you know, like with the same the same loop basically. Uh, so so and, and yeah, it caters very well as you suggest uh, for big events uh, like the Euro and and so on. Yeah. Chris, is there anything else you wanted to ask Nico before he uh, had to disappear? Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Um, thank you for your time, Nico. It's been thank a pleasure. You. Thank you. Meeting the man himself. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, it was really cool to spend time with you guys. Uh, I look forward to listening to the to the full pod and uh, and see you soon. Cheers. Thanks, Nico. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay, as if by magic, we've lost Nico, but we have gained Dan. So, how are you, Dan? Are you tired after yesterday? A uh, little tired. I think I'll, I'll be tired on. Yeah, when I get home, I think I'm going to sleep well. Uh, we promise we're not going to give you any abuse, Dan. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm ready for it. I enjoy it. Right. So well, one I've of the questions... I've got a question. Um, for, first one is um, something that's kind of cropped up is, so we've got the, the new in-season and classic split in, uh, you know, everywhere really, but not in U23. So um, can you explain why that is the case? Yeah, for sure. So... When, when talking to users really about this one, this competition, because it's the only global competition uh, that is out of the seven core competition, um, we realize like people and managers love this one because it's used to scout youngsters and to discover new potential stars and new youngsters through its rewards. So that, that was why uh, managers love it. And also those under 23 players can already be used in any of the six other competitions uh, including in season and classic, uh, so that's that's why we went for this move. Of course, as with any changes, we'll monitor the feedback and adapt if necessary. Perfect. And with that, obviously, you know, a big part of playing so rare, from my point of view, and from a lot of players' point, a manager's point of view, is sort of the scouting. You know, looking for players that are currently maybe T fours, T fives, and mm -hmm. buying them now in the hope that they will become. T1 level, maybe even star down the line. What sort of usage now? There's no sort of threshold beat the game cap style tournaments on the permanent calendar. So mm -hmm. where do you see the use for T3 to T5s? For sure. So 
One, you've mentioned one actually, like the use of one of the first use of tier three, tier five in any fantasy game is to discover which player is going to become a tier one tier, right? So yeah, spot them before the others. Exactly. Uh, so that's the first one. Second, which we talked a lot about is, again, there will be a lot of special weeklies, as we said. Uh, there will be a lot of cap one. So there will still be uh, a lot of utility for them in in those type of competitions. And specifically for the permanent competitions. Yep. Yes, and and so a, a third thing I think that uh, we the um, the structure has to go live for people uh, and even for us to monitor is with divisions. So they, we take limited right. The goal of divisions again is to separate experienced manager from new new manager and also you know um, let's say stronger teams versus lower cap teams right. So in in theory when you have divisions, what happens is. The lower the division, the lower the average cap of a of a team, and so technically those tier two, tier three, tier four would have utility there. And as you go up, the cap becomes a bit harder uh, automatically, and so that's something that will matter. So we believe that those cards will still be able to be used um, essentially in lower divisions. Uh, another thing that you know we we will go deep about is expanding the reward box. So today, around usually five seven percent of managers would get would get something to celebrate at the end of a game week. When we tested the reward box uh, concept in one competition, we saw a lot of love uh, for it. That it's exciting. There is something to fight for. If you get a good performance, you get there. And so, if you ensure you have a healthy twenty thirty percent of participant getting something right, um, you ensure that you know th those tier two tier three can can aim and aim for those spots sometimes they will they will get higher but if they aim for this spot they have something to open they have an item that lets them progress in the game right so in those box you could contain uh cards boosts that help you later on we're exploring even uh, a lot of other things that we can talk about uh finally i'm mean, not to go uh, along these two, two more things one collections um it's something we ship people love we didn't ship any improvement lately it is a place where these tier three, tier five are very useful. They're 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 doing something. We are looking at things of how we can improve that uh, that part of the game uh, to give to give them more utility. So like one one random example is if say you you own a, a collection of twenty twenty Real Madrid and you have that collection uh, there, you're potentially able to win reward boxes of Real Madrid in in season uh, as a, mm -hmm. you know as a team, right. Um, th that can happen. I mean, there's a lot of things we can explore there. Um, and finally, challenges. So today we shipped kind of the permanent challenges track uh, in pro at least, where you only do it once. The rewards are are manager points. But in the future, and we've already started to test it on rivals. You have like the three three uh, win streak, for example, in rival where you win a box. These are stuff we can bring to pro. Um, these challenges can be tailored toward um, users uh, that are lower tiers. Um, and so they would you you would have extra utility on it. So I'll... perfect, yeah, that's a very good answer. I think is there any <laughs> just to expand on um, if you can, Guy, on on what we could likely see in the um, the reward boxes? Is there a chance we could see some cash rewards or market credits or something like that in there? Yeah, so so philosophically, we want to keep the the cash. Um, at the top end of price pool, right? Because uh, this budget, we wanted to we want to give it to the 
ones that uh, are the top performers and deserve it. Now, in the box, indeed, you alluded to credit. That's something we want to explore. Um, whether uh, uh, so, the credits and also cards, as we've done it uh, before. So the cards, technically, you can get a card that is very valuable there. Um, so yeah, these are the th stuff you can. Uh, and would there would there be any sort of tie-in with rivals? So could you get arena tickets within the boxes as well? That's something we are indeed exploring. Of that's also something we can use, uh, you know, to onboard rival user into pros to give them items that they can use in one mode or the other. So it yeah. is it is indeed something we're looking at. And like internally, what's useful about that is that the rivals team, you know, we work quite closely with them. The rivals team, um, you know, are working on reward boxes and thinking of items that they can add to it. You know, so if it's if there, it, it help. You know, it's kind of two two groups of teams working on kind of same things just to make reward boxes, like just introduce a wider variety of items and reward boxes. Um, One of the things I love about reward boxes is I didn't do particularly well myself, I'll be honest. However, I do love seeing people that have finished a little bit further down that would have been expecting maybe a tier four, tier five. They've got the reward box instead and they've opened it. And I'm sure I saw like a Mo Salas and Joey Veermans and stuff like that. And that just makes me happy because I know then that a user is going to literally be over the moon with that, like I was when um, I won Mbappe, which is good timing because obviously Paris Saint-Germain have gone live again today. But uh... <laughs> That was a good link, David. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Very slick. <laughs> with with Paris Saint-Germain, I guess you're not going to be able to go into details and I don't want to get you into trouble, but was there any reason that it's taken so long to tie up that deal that you could share with listeners or um i think we're just the wrong people to speak with about it um we were not too attached on like negotiations um on those kind of things so like nico would have been a good one for that yeah <laughs> ah damn <laughs> i'll tie me on that one <laughs> but yeah um, is there any is there any other plans to integrate rivals into the game or do you think it will be through the kind of um with reward boxes is that is that the link between the two different parts of the game between the pro and the rivals. Yeah, that, that, that's a good one. I think one is, yeah, we, we are iterating to find what's the best way between the two modes, right? Like, is is it the items that they share, right? So we talked about, I mean, the cards, of course, they're, they're one. I mean, we talk about like those tactics may it makes its way somehow, maybe in, in, you know, some special weeklies, which could be fun in pro. Uh, so that's something we are we are exploring. Uh, so it will come with iteration and feedback from users, where we'll see how 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 closely they tie into each other. Mm -hmm. We have a team that's specifically also working on like it's like the user journey yeah. team. So their goal right now, they're they're focused on you know really polishing the the onboarding experience of a user. So they're like they're mapping that out now that rivals is the key piece. But they're also their their role is also then to like map out what we want. Um, a user to feel after a week or a couple of weeks and all that. So they're exploring that connection between rivals and pro and where there's integrations that make sense. And I guess it's a pretty small data set at the moment, but are you seeing many new users coming through rivals and buying first cards to, you know, obviously there's a, you know, a decent call to call to action within the, the rivals app, you know, do you want to upgrade this card for the extra points? Are you seeing that much at the moment? It is happening. It is happening for sure. We want to scale it. We want to scale it as much as possible. We want to make it easier, more obvious, right? 
it's a, we're still not there. So we feel there's definitely improvements mm -hmm. so that a rival user clearly sees the value of the pro mode. Um, so yeah, so it's happening, but we want more but, of it. Yeah, and, and I think the rivals team's focus is more, just to touch on what Nico said earlier, um, I was in the room, that's why I know, uh, just for the listeners. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, the, the rivals the rivals team's focus right now, it isn't on how to convert users, you know, it's how to um, acquire and retain. Um, and so the focus has been on polishing aspects of, you know, areas of our features where we've seen a lot of community feedback and we knew ourselves as well that we were a bit light. So for example, arena streaks, there was an update yesterday where it's, you know, it's a three and it re-rolls every time. Um, like missions, daily missions are coming very soon. Um, you know, so you have that kind of like constant adrenaline of like, you know, chasing streaks. And then the other thing that they need to tackle, uh, no pressure is, you know, the, the social side. So like, users are super engaged on the arena side, but um, we need to strengthen that social aspect of like, why would I challenge, uh, you know, Guy over the weekend and chat shit with him, you know, through, through Rivals. And something that we tried to do with the Rivals push notifications was, you know, to provoke those kind of reactions, but there's still a lot of stuff to add to there uh, before we look at conversion. Perfect, yeah. Cool. I think that's all um, the questions I had. Chris, do you have anything else that you want to ask guys? It wouldn't be me if I didn't have a few more questions, David, would it? Come exactly. <laughs> I've got two more, actually. I've got two more. So um, first one is, um, so the 240 mode is kind of moving to this beat the game mode um, in the transition period until August. Um, what's the plan after that? I know you've mentioned that there's going to be some other kind of beat the game mode. Is that something you've got an idea for currently or are you kind of looking at various options and testing things at the minute for that? Yeah, definitely. So, so uh, a lot of them we covered actually for uh, when entering the tier three, tier five utility of cards. So we talked about long tail of rewards. So when you, when you're giving out twenty to thirty percent, it technically is is close to you know a yeah a, a, a beat the game format where you're aiming for a good attainable score. So that's one. One that is more straightforward that really beat the game is the challenge streaks that we said, right? So when you have weekly challenges to do, so we, uh, in, in Rivals, it's already the case and probably looking for it. So that would be a good beat the mode to, uh, to have on top. And so like having 2.14, beat that like three weeks running, beat 3.14, you might get a reward box or something like that. We yeah. can get very creative indeed. And um and yeah, and, and even like the special weeklies, again, we have all the mechanism that we're using to, uh, today. So you uh, you could find uh, there as well, special weeklies that has beat the game elements to it. Yeah, I, I think it's worth saying as well, or behind that, where, you know, the, the live ops function in SoRare, you know, before we really explored what that could be, it's or we, we, we have, you know, it's Paul on Paul position who kind of runs, um, like does a lot of stuff just on his own, but he doesn't have enough resources and time to think about the more creative side of live ops. But we wanted to get a lot of the kind of core concepts and structures of the game correct before we add, you know, all the exciting things around it. But when I was when when I was at top eleven, we they kind of introduced the live ops team and it like it took the game to the next level in terms of engagement and, and kind of yeah. and excitement. And when Guy, for example, touches on challenge streaks, a bit like how FIFA do it as well, it's like they would they would be weekly or monthly, you know. So there'd be like this constant cycle of like, okay, you're playing this game, but you also have these kind of beat the game tracks on the side where you know one could be because we saw that there's like a lot of derbies one weekend. It could be you know, um, 
yeah, like get more than 50 points with a, a player that features one yeah. of these games, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And we really want to nail that this year because we've heard from a lot of managers that you know the game has become stale. I mean, you come in every game week, you're doing the same thing, just submitting the same team for the same competitions. So there was no different competition, no types of challenges that we talk about. Mm. Uh, so yeah, ex expect some uh, good stuff there this year. No, that sounds really cool. Um, one more question then uh, from me: uh, divisions, uh, you know, everywhere. Have we? Do we know how we're going to be segregated? How we're going to be separated up? And and you know, what is what's going to happen there? How are we going to play? Be placed into different divisions? Can you elaborate sure. on that? Yeah, it's a good question. So there will there will be a common exactly how this works, right? So this we still don't have the final answer, but I can give you you know how how we're thinking about it. One is that uh, first of all, there's a transition period, right, where there's going to be a four core competition. I mean, we want to use that per, uh, transition period because we're testing for the first time the system as a way to really monitor, tweak, see like is it the right number of divisions? Is it uh, you know the right number of a promotion relegation percentages etc so th th that's one thing to the right curve as well from like yeah. how hard it is to get from one division to the next uh, correct uh, yeah that's true and ensuring people don't want to stay in lower division like that, that's definitely something we want to ensure by having the right incentives for people you know to go up right so that's you know that, that that's the first thing second we're exploring things like maybe, maybe for the transition period is to place um, manager based on their gallery strength strength and we are we are still uh, we're still exploring whether um, do we do we keep the division the first division or, or two first division uh, with no users so that people you know have to you know there is some prestige to be able to get there uh, so that's something you know we're uh, we're looking at just uh, just to interject sorry Guy do you, when you say gallery strength is that based on the amount of different tier cards you have in your gallery is it based on a value. Yeah, yeah. It would be a combination of this, indeed. The, the The reason why we can't see like past performances is because the core competition changed, so that there it was not easy to it's not easy to compare, uh, and so so that's why we want to uh, we prefer to use that. And also, the, a, sorry, another another question that's come off the back of the other thought of. Um, do you have a way of um, gauging how you would, you know, if someone's got out of mint cards in the gallery that aren't currently in reward tiers, how would you how would you determine them? So can you can you say that again? Sorry. If you've got out of mint cards in your gallery, so say if you've bought, you know, I'm thinking some South American guys I've got who have been in the European leagues, have gone back over to Argentina, Brazil, who wherever it is, but they're not currently in reward pools, so they're not they're not given a tier of you know quality. How would you how would you kind of determine them within that um, you know that ranking? Yeah. So in order to uh, to be able to value, yeah, I think this one um, we will. So one is we have data points on the secondary, right? Uh, okay. For those players. So that's definitely one thing we can use. And and in, in the end, because uh, what I wanted to say as well is every game week there are you you are eligible for promotion relegation. Uh, we believe, you know, within, uh, you know, even if we misplaced you by one division, for example, because we got the not the the perfect uh, way to place you, uh, you will you will make it to where you're supposed to be, yeah. given on yeah. your strength. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, part of the transition period is because we know the division relegations thing is it's like the first time we're introducing it, so uh, we'll it'll, we were kind of weighing up two three ways to execute it, um, but you know once it goes live. 
the idea is that we'll adapt it and polish it by the time we were so that we're ready for full launch in August. Um, and, and a big part of it will be listening to community feedback as well, like because essentially it's it's like yeah, it, it it's also based on qualitative feedback, you know, like yeah. where do yeah. you want to place? You know? Because yeah, like, I mean, we've heard like place like one month placement lease, things like that. I mean, these are all things we're th we're thinking about. But yeah, the goal is to build, you know, with with the managers and get to the right uh, the, the right solution for the beginning of European season. Cool. Perfect. And then we'll, we'll also have a blog. <coughs> Sorry, I meant to say this as well. Um, we'll also have like a, a follow-up blog this later this month that um, like we'll share more details on uh, divisions, um, but also more details on the price pool breakdowns that so people can start preparing for March 26th. Perfect. Great. Thanks very much for your time, gents, and thank Nico again for coming on. What I suggest is it'd be good perhaps, you know, m maybe later in March or something, once things are starting to roll out, perhaps we, you know, Guy yep. or Dan or or both of you come on the, the show again and we sort of talk about sort of, you know, any updates then have happened. That'd be really good. But we really appreciate your time. We really appreciate Hopefully Ryan can join us next time as well. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> He's doing right. a sponsored YouTube stream at the moment. Oh, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully we'll see right. One day of the year, he's doing some proper work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think guys. he's still talking about FIFA, to be honest. So I'm not sure how real work it is, really. But no. um, Okay, guys. But thank you very much for your time. Yeah, I want to say thanks as well for well for having us on it. And we'd definitely be up for, for March. Um, yeah. I don't know where I'll be, but... Uh, yeah. I, I might be off then, but but we'll find someone. We'll get more more Nico's time actually. Yeah, we'll make make Guy famous. Get his name. Yeah. Get his name uh, thanks a lot for having me as well, and like the big fan of the pod. So excited to chat soon. This was Guy's first pod, by the way, and I, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but Guy is like the nicest guy ever, but he's also a big introvert. So this was like a big thing for him. No, I thought you did brilliantly. Yeah, no, you're excellent. But, yeah, no, really good. Thank you, Guy. Thank you, Guy. Okay. Oh, thanks, Dan, as well. See you guys. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much. Have a good evening. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye.